American Variety Network on Block Talk Radio with Alex Cardinale, live from Springfield, Massachusetts. Hello, Tropical Fish Keepers. How are you doing today? Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to welcome back Aquatic Wetline. Aquatic Wetline is my most successful fish keeping podcast, and I am really excited to bring back some saltwater and freshwater to the wetline. I'm your host, Aqua Alex Cardinelli. Today, on the return of the Aquatic Wetline, I'm going to be talking about a topic that all of us tropical fish keepers, whether we keep freshwater or saltwater, or even both, love. That is, purchasing new fish. Buying new fish sure sounds simple, right? You would think that all you had to do was go to your nearest fish store or pet store and buy the fish and add it to your tank. But did you know that if you did just that, you are risking adding a potentially dangerous disease to your aquarium that can wipe out all the fish in your system. You are potentially adding a really aggressive fish that can kill all of your current fish, and you could be adding a fish you know nothing about, among other problems most fish keepers face when buying a new fish. These problems will be avoided if you are a smart fish keeper and tropical fish buyer, if you will call it that, if you listen to my tips that I give out tonight. I'm not giving these tips out to you because I'm some know-it-all, because I'm not an expert, nor am I that smart, but because I've learned through many mistakes which I will share with you. I want you to learn from my mistakes so it doesn't happen to you. When it comes to buying and purchasing fish, there is a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Sometimes newbies and experienced hobbyists alike 
will buy a fish that will outgrow their aquarium. How does this happen? Because they usually listen to the pet store workers. However, once you listen to this show, you will know the right way of buying fish. Today's topic relates to both freshwater and saltwater fish and inverts. Here's what's planned for the show today. A discussion on what to do before purchasing any fish. A discussion on what to do when buying fish. Discussion acclimating fish. Discussion on quarantine. Good beginner freshwater and saltwater fish. And more. Aquatic Wetlines tips for buying new fish with Aqua Alex begins right now. You are listening live to the Aquatic Wetline Radio Show, hosted by a fish keeper for fish keepers. What's swimming in the tank today? What tropical fish are we talking about today? Let's dive into the fish tank and find out. We'll see you right now here on the Aquatic Wetline. Enjoy the show. All right, so let's go ahead and get started Fish Keepers, we're going to start by having a discussion on what to do before purchasing fish. So here is what you do before going out and buy fish. Make sure your tank is cycled before adding any fish. Adding fish to a new tank will add extra stress to an already stressed fish, which will lead to diseases and eventually deaths. Plus, any high amounts of ammonia will instantly kill any new fish. Your tank should be up and running for at least two to three weeks before adding any fish. This is really crucial for saltwater. While freshwater fish are generally more hardier than saltwater fish, for a saltwater aquarium, I would wait a good month or so before adding any fish. I really recommend adding only one or two fish at a time unless they are a schooling fish. The next thing you should do before buying any fish is to do your research. Research the fish that you are interested in. Now, one of the biggest mistakes in the aquarium hobby is people rush out and buy a fish not knowing what it is and then posting pictures online seeking an identification. Nine times out of ten, the fish gets too large for the aquarium, or the fish that is not compatible with the current inhabitants. So, some people buy an Oscar, for example, not knowing what it is, and they put it in a tank with guppies, and it's not compatible with the guppies because it'll eat the guppies, and it'll outgrow the ten-gallon aquarium. Now, my biggest piece of advice for you is to go into a local fish store in your area and find a fish or two that you like best and remember their name and do research on that particular fish. By researching, you will find out how big the fish gets, what the fish eats, how aggressive the fish eats, how aggressive the fish is as well, what the fish's carry level is, and more. You don't want to buy a fish that will outgrow your tank or kill everything. For example, you don't want to add an Oscar in a guppy tank or a maroon clown in a tank with Ocellaris clowns. Why? 
Well, the Oscar will eat the guppies, and generally speaking, the maroon clown will kill the Ocellaris clowns. Now, I've seen people buying monster fish for smaller tanks, not knowing how big the fish gets. This often results in premature fish deaths or stunted growth. Folks, we can't prevent this. Simply, just do your research. Google is your best friend. Look at many articles of the fish to get as much information as you can. Now, once you have researched potential fish that you are interested in, and if it is compatible with the fish you have, then before you buy it, you should check your water parameters and do a nice water change to make sure your tank is in good condition for a new fish. Rearrange your aquarium decor so your current inhabitants won't attack your new fish. This is especially true for cichlid tanks and saltwater aquariums. Move your rocks around so your new fish does not get attacked by the more aggressive current fish. Now, once your tank is ready, it is time to head to the fish store to get your fish. Here are some questions to consider when getting a new fish. Is it in the same family of a fish I already have? If it's a cichlid or a tang in saltwater or a trigger fish, there may be some territorial displays. These fish should be added together or the core should be moved. Does it require different water parameters than my current tank? What does it eat and will it compete for food with my other fish? How big does this fish get? Why do I want this fish? Now, once you answer all of these questions, you're ready to get the fish that you want. Now, let's chat about what to do when buying fish. The first thing you want to do is to examine the fish. Make sure the fish is active, if it's an active swimmer. If it's a bottom-dwelling fish, like a pleco, it should be alert enough to run when a hand is stuck in the aquarium or a net is placed in the tank or if the rock or cave is moved. The fish should not be thin. If it is super thin, it is malnourished and could have internal parasites. The fish should not have a sunken in stomach. The fish should have a good sized belly, clear round eyes, and good coloration. Observe the fish for any white spots, which could be ick or velvet. Do not buy the fish if you see any white spots on the fish, as the white spots are really contagious. Observe for any dead fish in the aquarium. I would not recommend buying fish from a tank where there is a dead fish. You would not buy a puppy from a puppy store that had a dead puppy, right? Well, the same thing goes for fish. Now, once you spotted an active fish with a decent stomach, begin asking the employee how long the fish has been in stock and ask what the fish has been eating and ask to see the fish eat to be sure if it is eating. This is really important for delicate species like copper band butterflies, lionfish, discus, and other fish. Have the fish double bagged and make sure there is oxygen in the bag. This will make sure your fish is happy and will be safe on the ride to your house. Now, do not buy a fish 
and go out and go shopping or do chores. You should go to the fish store as a last trip before heading home. If fish are kept in the car, the temperature may increase or decrease in summer and winter. If you're going out to a far local fish store, bring a styrofoam container in a box to keep the temperature stable. Now, once you arrive home with the fish, it's time to place it in a quarantine tank and let the acclimation begin. I'll discuss acclimation in just a bit here on Aquatic Wetline. So those are some basic tips for purchasing some tropical fish. Now you know what to do before buying fish, and now you know what to do and what to look for when purchasing tropical fish. Now, I want to have a discussion with you about where you should purchase your tropical fish from. The first thing I will tell you is to support your local fish store. Somewhere in your city, town, or state, you have a local fish store that is similar to a mom and pop shop. Please support them. When you buy from them, just think you're keeping them in business. With more and more of the Petcos and PetSmarts coming in, it is harder for the fish hobbyist run fish store to stay in business. At your local fish store, you're more likely to receive healthy, well cared for fish, and most of the employees at a local fish store are fish keepers themselves and will be able to help you with any questions you may have. Plus, nine times out of ten, the owners are very experienced in both sides of the hobby, in freshwater and saltwater. I would personally recommend getting your saltwater fish from a local fish store and not a chain store. You know the good thing about going to your local fish store for your tropical fish is that your local fish store is going to carry some of the more rare and exotic species like the copper band butterflies, the saddleback butterflies, the yellow belly hippo tangs, the one spot fox faces, the bicolor fox faces, the wild caught discus, the giardini arowanas, the lachardi arowanas, uh, tiger shovel noses, and all of the rare and exotic freshwater and saltwater fish. As compared to Petco and PetSmart, who are going to have the bread and butter tetras, the bread and butter barbs, and the bread and butter cichlids, who nine times out of ten are usually very sick and dying at a Petco or a PetSmart. Plus, generally, your local fish stores are going to quarantine all of their fish to make sure they're healthy, and nine times out of ten, they will feed the fish in front of you, and they will actually give you a refund if the fish dies at your fish store. I also know that fish stores have a lot more variety of corals, frags, saltwater inverts like shrimps, emerald crabs, saltwater crabs, anemones, and all of the other uh, stuff that people like in their reef tank. Sure, you can find cheap frags at Petco or PetSmart, but are they really quality frags? Are they a frag that you would trust 
in your own personal aquarium? We really don't know much about that, but I really recommend checking out your local fish store. I know New York has some very beautiful fish stores. I know Los Angeles, California has some awesome fish stores. I know Florida's got some awesome fish stores. I used to live in Florida, and I remember visiting some of the fish stores down there. I know Massachusetts, my local area, has some great fish stores. School of Fish, Inc. in Springfield, Massachusetts. Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish in South Hadley, Massachusetts. Aqua Dreams in Feeding Hills, Massachusetts, which I think is probably one of the best saltwater stores here in Mass. Exotic Fish and Pet. Also is a very good store in uh, Massachusetts, although I believe they are closing very soon if they are not already closed by now. Uh, I'm sure there's a whole plethora of other great fish stores here in Massachusetts. Connecticut's got some wonderful fish stores as well. They have Emmons, which is a pretty good fish store. And they have some other awesome ones. And my buddy Jeremy Stellhorn in Illinois has a very awesome fish store in Aquatic Treasures who specializes in saltwater and uh, freshwater. And I believe Aquatic Treasures will be a guest on our upcoming 350th episode of the American Variety Network. So what I'm saying to you is, you can find a quality fish store wherever you live in the country or world. All you've got to do is do a simple Facebook search or even a Google search, and I am sure you're going to find a fish store just for you. Now, if you happen to live in a small town where there is no fish store available to you, then I would recommend going to an online fish store. I have recently ordered from online fish stores, and I've had nothing but awesome experiences. Although one of my orders, a few fish came dead on arrival, the online company took care of it by sending me a fish that I really wanted, and this fish is happy and healthy now. Generally speaking, a lot of these online fish stores will take care of their customers, and they will go out of their way to take care of you, which is something that I enjoy about any business, whether it be a fish store, a restaurant, or a toy store, for example. So, online fish stores that I would personally recommend for freshwater would be Tangled Up in Cichlids. Now, Jeff Raff specializes in exotic South American and Central American cichlids. You will find things like Dovis, Managuensins, Red Devils, and all those various species of Paracromus and Amphilophus. And you will also find Mylosoma Suridollars from time to time, Mylia Suridollars, and some cool wild-caught discus, and some cool ultimate angels, among other awesome species. He also gets in some cool stingrays from time to time. So if you're into cichlids and all the oddball freshwater fish, I really recommend checking out TangledUpInCichlids.com. He ships all over the United States. Now, if you're into piranhas, an online fish shop I would really recommend is Aquascape Online. 
They stock a wide variety of piranhas and stingrays and um, exotic oddball fish like Abba Abba knife fish and all of those datnoids that a lot of people like and a lot of other rare fish. My dad has ordered from Aquascape many times before and all his fish came happy and uh, healthy. So if you're looking for a piranha, you can get a piranha from Aquascape online. Now for saltwater, I would personally recommend Live Aquaria and the Diver's Den. I think the Diver's Den at Live Aquaria is awesome. I've gotten two rare fish from the Diver's Den. Well, not really rare, but they were exceptional quality fish. I've got a yellow-bellied dog-faced puffer and a fox-faced rabbit fish from the Diver's Den, and they are really healthy, and they are doing really well. So, the Diver's Den actually has some nice fish that are caught from the wild. They are quarantined, and they're going to arrive to your door healthy. This past Tuesday, my fox face roll arrived pretty big and healthy. So, if you're looking for some nice saltwater fish, check out Live Aquaria's Diver Den. They also have a marine fish section on Live Aquaria that is tank-raised from Quality Marine. And they've got freshwater fish as well. Blue Zoo Aquatics is also a good place to go for saltwater fish. They've got a collector's corner, and they've got some wonderful fish there as well. You can try saltwaterfish.com, although I've never, ever gone there personally, so I don't know how good it is. But there's a lot of wonderful saltwater online fish stores. Personally, I would recommend trying to buy saltwater from your local fish store, but if you're living in a small town where there is no local fish store, Live Aquaria and Blue Zoo Aquatics is your best option. And last but not least, you have your Petco and your PetSmart. Now, I don't want to hate on Petco and PetSmart because I do go there to buy my fish supplies, fish medications, fish food, and of course, the, ten, the dollar a gallon sale, where you can get a 10 gallon for $10, or a 55 gallon for $55. I gotta say that, that's an awesome deal. But, generally speaking, most of the employees at Petco and PetSmart do not know nothing about fish. Now, some of these employees that are working at Petco and PetSmart are just there for a paycheck, really. Uh, most of them are college students who are working to pay off their financial aid. However, there are a few exceptions because there are a few Pecos and PetSmarts where the fish room is run by a knowledgeable fish keeper. However, though, most of the fish at Petco and PetSmart are usually very sick and they are not quarantined. Both the freshwater systems at Petco and PetSmart run off of the same system. So if one fish gets sick, the chances of the entire system getting sick goes up really high. Also, the same can be said for the saltwater systems at Petco. They're run off of the same systems, and they really do not take good care of their saltwater fish at 
Petco. I'm of the opinion that Petco does not belong selling anything salt water that is alive. They can sell live rock and live sand and salt water salt mixes and stuff, but they shouldn't be given the right to sell salt water live fish because I've gone into many Petcos and seen some dying saltwater fish like powder blue tangs, blue hippo tangs, and yellow tangs. However, I have gone to one nice peco in Holyoke, Massachusetts that had some quality looking saltwater livestock. That again is the exception with some pecos. However, 95% of pecos generally do not take care of their fish. However, I do get it. Some of us live in small towns, and Petco's and PetSmart's are our only choices. So if you were to buy fish from a Petco and PetSmart, I would extremely, extremely recommend that you quarantine everything you get from a Petco and a PetSmart. Generally speaking, Petco and PetSmart fish are relatively cheap. And they generally don't carry anything exotic or rare, but you get what you pay for, right? You're going to get a nice cheap fish that might be sick, but I really recommend quarantining it. Alright, so we're going to go ahead and take our very short commercial break. Now, during this commercial break, we're going to hear a few songs followed by our short commercials. Coming up next after this commercial break... I'm going to have a discussion on quarantining fish, which is very important, and acclimating fish. Plus, I'm going to have a discussion on beginner fish in both freshwater and saltwater. So, fish keepers, don't you dare go anywhere. While we are on our intermission, why don't you log on to your Facebook account and check out our fan page on Facebook called Aquatic Wetline Fish Keeping Podcast. Hit like on this page because tomorrow I'm going to post a few fish profiles. I'll post one for the fox face rabbit fish, one for the niger trigger, and one for the maroon clownfish. So go hit like on our fan page during our intermission, Aquatic Wetline Fish Keeping Podcast. Coming up next, next.
Carob Sea is the proud sponsor of the American Variety Network. Carob Sea provides tropical fish keepers with quality products such as live sand for saltwater aquariums, which will help cycle your aquarium. Life Rock, the best and safest alternative to live rock without the unwanted pests. The best line of aquarium chemicals for both fresh and salt water. Next time you need quality products for your tank, give Carob Sea a try. Check us out at CarobSea.com. Hi, I'm Jeremy Stellhorn of Blossom City Radio, inviting you to listen at 8 p.m. Eastern and 7 Central to the American Variety Network. Blossom City Radio is a talk show that highlights the amazing people, places, and things in the southern Illinois-St. Louis area. Tune in to hear my fun guests such as musicians, artists, politicians, and hobby clubs. Thank you for listening. See you Tuesday. Welcome back to the American Variety Network on Blog Talk Radio, the one and only podcast for hardworking Americans that has a show for everyone. Now let's get back to the show. Here is your host, Alex Cardinali in the Springfield, Massachusetts studio. You are now tuned in to the one and only Fish Keeping Podcast on Blog Talk Radio that started it all. The Aquatic Wetline has something for you. What is Alex going to discuss next? Let's get back to the show to find out. Now, back to Aqua Alex. You are listening live to the Aquatic Wetline Radio Show, hosted by a fish keeper for fish keepers. What's swimming in the tank today? What tropical fish are we talking about today? Let's dive into the fish tank and find out. We'll see you right now here on the Aquatic Wetline. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the return of Aquatic Wetline here on American Variety Network. If you're just tuning in now, you've missed my discussion on what to do before buying fish and what to do when purchasing fish and where to buy tropical fish. But that's okay. You can listen to all that in the archive of today's file. Now... In a moment here, I'm going to talk about quarantining fish, acclimating fish, and good beginner fish in both freshwater and saltwater. I'd like to remind you that you can hit like on our fan page, Aquatic Wetline Fish Keeping Podcast, for more information on this fish keeping show. So, let's get back into our topic for today. Now that you have bought a tropical fish, let's learn why quarantining is so important. Now, quarantine tanks should be used by all members of the aquarium hobby when introducing new fish to a tank. But unfortunately, they are used by less than 5% of all aquarium owners. 
every time we bring home a new inhabitant into our aquarium, we run the risk of introducing diseases and parasites. At the same time, new fish will be very stressed from transport and relocation and will be very suitable to any diseases or parasites present in the new environment. A quarantine tank protects your existing investment while allowing new fish to regain optimum health before their final stressful transition. In my opinion, a quarantine tank is a vital piece of equipment that should be used by all aquarists. In addition to preventing the spread of infectious disease, quarantine tanks allow the new fish to get adjusted to a new type of water and food. When they are not being used for quarantine, these tanks can also do double as a treatment tank, a.k.a. a hospital tank. Treating the entire display tank for a problem that only affects a few fish is not a good practice. Quarantine tanks allow the infected fish to be safely treated without damaging fragile species or water quality in the display tank. Another use of quarantine tanks is to provide a breeding area for fish, a recovery area for harassed fish, and a place to allow newly hatched fish to safely grow. A 29-gallon tank makes an excellent quarantine tank and is perfect for most freshwater and saltwater applications. However, a slightly larger or smaller tank can work as well. Now, most quarantine tanks are set up with lighting, a heater, easy-to-clean rocks, and PVC tubes or plastic plants to provide the fish with much-needed cover. For filtration, a sponge filter works well, and the sponge can be colonized with nitrifying bacteria by placing it in the sump of your wet-dry filter or in the main display if a sump isn't available between uses. Make sure to disinfect and rinse well between uses. Most quarantine tanks don't have substrate, making them easier to clean and disinfect. Tanks and equipment can be disinfected between uses with a mild 2-5% bleach solution. Make sure all traces of bleach are rinsed off before reusing. As an added precaution, use chlorine neutralizer to effectively remove any potential res residential chlorine. Trying also kills many, but not all aquatic pathogens. Make sure to have a separate siphon for your quarantine tank and disinfect it as well between uses. How long should I quarantine my fish? Most hobbyists will keep their fish in quarantine for two to four weeks. During that time, they often treat for parasites with a copper-based treatment for 14 to 21 days and only treat for bacterial affections if there are obvious symptoms, which can include ragged fins, red spots, etc. Make sure to do 10 to 15% water changes every other day to keep the tank healthy. So it is really important 
that you quarantine all of your fish. A couple months ago, I learned what can happen if you don't quarantine new fish because I lost an entire tank of exotic saltwater fish because I didn't quarantine any of them. But now I am personally quarantining all of my fish. So make sure you, my listeners, are quarantining fish so that you don't lose any of your beloved fish. Now, now that we know how to quarantine fish, let's talk about proper acclimation of fish. So you went out and bought some fish, and the store told you to acclimate the fish by floating the bag in the aquarium for 15 minutes and then releasing them into your aquarium, right? Well, that is wrong. The only thing floating the bag accomplishes is that it brings the water in the bag closer to the temperature of the water in your aquarium. We need to be concerned about more than just temperature. The aquarium water chemistry is just as important as the temperature when it comes to acclimating fish. Don't be afraid to ask the fish clerk to test the store's tank water for you. They shouldn't mind testing their water right in front of you. They're trying to sell fish, right? Ask them for, at minimum, the pH, ammonia, nitrate, and nitrate readings. When you get home, test your own water to see how much the two tests of results defer. This can provide you with some insight into how slowly and for how long you should acclimate your fish. There are a few different recommended methods for how to acclimate fish to your aquarium, and we'll talk about each of these methods. The most common tropical fish acclimation methods are the floating bag method, the bucket method, and the drip method. I personally use the floating bag method and the bucket method for both freshwater and saltwater. Now, the floating bag method. This is probably the most common fish acclimation method, and it works well. You just need to be careful when floating a bag full of unknown water in your tank. Ideally, you're floating the bag in a previously set up quarantine tank, but sadly, like I said earlier, many new hobbyists don't use a quarantine tank. After you've been in the hobby for a while and experienced any sort of fish disease outbreak, you'll soon come to realize the importance of a simple quarantine tank. After you leave the fish store, you'll want to go straight home to avoid ammonia accumulating in the bag in the form of fish waste. Once you get home, open the top of the bag and remove about 25% of the water from the bag. Replace this water with the same amount of water from your tank. Float the bag in your tank and bring down the hood opening on the open end of the bag to help keep the bag secure. Every 10 minutes, add about one measuring cup. Use less if the bag is smaller of your tank water to the bag. Repeat this process for about an hour. After an hour has passed, use a small net to get the fish out of the bag and gently place the fish into your aquarium. The main idea here is to slowly get the fish used to your tank water, acclimated. Do not dump the bag water into your tank. If you do, you risk exposing your tank to any parasites or diseases that were in the dealer's tank. Now let's talk about the bucket method. 
This fish acclimation method is basically the same as the floating bag method. But instead of floating the bag in a tank, you're putting the bag inside a clean bucket instead. This is the method that I usually do. The bucket method is better than the floating bag method because you don't have to worry about any of the bag water entering your tank. Open the top of the bag and remove about 25% of the water from the bag. Replace this water with the same amount of water from your tank. Every 10 minutes, add about one measuring cup of water to the bag. Repeat this process for about an hour. And again, after an hour has passed, do the small net to get the fish out of the bag and gently place the fish into your tank. Now what I do is I actually pour the, the fish out of the bag with the water into the bucket and then slowly I add my water to the tank. Now that can also be considered the drip method, but for me I don't really consider it the drip method. Now let's talk about the drip method. Now this method is used for sensitive saltwater fish and sensitive corals and sensitive inverts like fire shrimp, cleaner shrimp, and uh, crabs. It also can be used for sensitive freshwater stuff like discus and things of that nature. Now the drip acclimation method is recommended for most saltwater fish and inverts because they can be more sensitive to pH, specific gravity, and other water chemistry changes. Now to do the drip method, you're going to need a bucket, a vegetable clip with a suction cup for holding the tube in a tank, and a length of air, pipe to, uh, air pump tubing that is long enough to extend from your tank to the bucket. Place one end of the tube into the veggie clip, and then place the veggie clip into your tank. Tie a knot in the tubing to regulate the amount of water flow coming out of your tank. Get the siphon going, and place the other end of the tubing into the bag in the bucket. You'll want a slow drip, drip, drip going. Aim for drips every one to two seconds. How long you do the drip method depends on what you're acclimating to your fish tank. If you're doing this method for most freshwater species, you should be okay doing it for an hour or so before introducing the fish to your tank. If you're doing this method on a saltwater invertebrate or fish, you may want to take two to three hours for the acclimation process. Acclimating new fish to your aquarium is a critical step and should not be taken lightly. Getting into the habit of using proper acclimation methods is a good way to ensure your long-term success in this wonderful hobby. So now that we know how to properly acclimate and quarantine fish, let's talk about quickly some good beginner fish in both freshwater and saltwater. Here are some good beginner fish in freshwater. Live bearers like platies, mollies, and guppies. Tetras like the neon tetras, the black skirt tetras, the cardinal tetras, the diamond tetras. Barbs like tinfoil barbs and tiger barbs are good. Odo, cinculus catfish and smaller plecos, Corridoris, Rasboras, angelfish, some rams can be good beginner's fish, convict cichlids, Oscar cichlids in a large aquarium could be a good beginner fish, African cichlids and Sedinus cats for a 75-gallon tank are a good beginner fish. Now, a good beginner fish for saltwater include clownfish, Ocellaris clowns, tomato clowns, maroon clowns, percula clowns. Damsels are a good beginner fish, but they can be quite aggressive, so be careful. Dartfish, like the purple firefish or the firefish, are good. 
gobies are a good beginner fish, blennies, fox-faced rabbitfish, tangs like the yellow tang, the zebrasoma scopus tang, and larger blue hippo tangs are good beginner fish, wrasses like the solomon red-headed wrasse, or the Melanoris wrasse, or the six-line wrasse, are good beginner fish. Trigger fish like the Niger trigger, Odonis Niger, or the Blue Throat trigger, or um, a Bursa trigger are pretty good. And puffer fish are pretty good saltwater beginner fish. Alright, fish keepers, we've reached the end of today's Aquatic Wetline episode. I personally hope you enjoyed the return of Aquatic Wetline, and I hope you'll be tuning into all of the episodes of Aquatic Wetline here live on American Variety Network. Ladies and gentlemen, please check out my fan page, Aquatic Wetline Fish Keeping Podcast, on Facebook and hit like, because I'll be posting three saltwater fish profiles on it tomorrow. So check it out, fish keepers. Our next Aquatic Wetline show is going to be next Saturday at 4 p.m., and I'm going to be talking about puffer fish. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Aquatic Wetline. Rock on the fish hobby. Enjoy the fish hobby, and good luck with your next fish purchase. Aqua Alice and Aquatic Wetline, now off the air. Good night. Bang, bang. Thank you for listening to this episode of American Variety Network. Alex Cardinale, Jeremy Stelhern, and Donovan Barger would like to say your listen is really appreciated and we hope you enjoyed the show. Head on over to Facebook and hit like on our fan page American Variety Network. Join our group page called American Variety Network Fan Group to post your thoughts on the show or to chat with other members. Have a good night and thanks for listening.